Back to Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back, old school. Jay Foreman, DP Austin. I want to thank Mr. Brett's coming in. Great event Thursday, 7 p.m. Grand Man's event bright. Be there, open bar. So uh, here's some good stories about 12 good individual stories uh, all put on by a guy that uh, loves storytelling. So Good stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Austin, did you get the, the news on Casey? Uh, no, I have not seen the official report. They were talking about I, I just it flipped across my phone and then I lost it. So I, I will scroll it. very quickly here. Yes, if you would please, just giving the news. Um, man, that's not a good picture. They're showing the actual moment of injury. Yeah, that was a good. That was a nice little basketball ankle ankle sprain. What what what? I mean, Jay, you've 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 had these angles. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the degree. I mean, the fact that he wasn't in a boot and walking around is good, right? Yeah. So, but, you know, obviously it might be delayed swelling or something like that. So, hopefully the report was good. I'm sure they're, you know, it's before they get into the meat and, uh, you know, meat and potatoes of the season. So, if you're, you know, want to kind of ease them back in there, because the time is now, then they, they got to get healthy. I mean, they had only six scholarship guys there yesterday. I mean, I know it was kind of a scrimmage, but. You know, guys got to start getting back on the men. Austin, what would you find out? He avoided significant injury. He's holding out hope that he's ready on Monday, but Nebraska plans to be careful with him. Uh, pretty swollen, but feeling much better today. Yeah, uh, he'd be all right. Rejoice. He'd be all right. Rejoice. Was there, is, was there somebody that jumped out at you yesterday, Jay? On the men's um, side? No, I thought Lawrence was good. I think he was pretty consistent. Um, I like the look of Rice, you know. Um, I think he brings the, you know a different type of body type. They said he's the special one. I mean, eighteen yeah. points. Yeah. Um, I just like the way he moves. I think he gives a you know for what is it six eight or whatever mm-hmm. gives you some more you know pick and pop four you know stretch five if you want to go kind of that Golden State death uh, lineup. Um, he could be in there. Where I see him automatically with jo- Josiah Alec, where Josiah is the energy guy. He's kind of the stretch you know, um, you know high low type of thing. I think that can help out. Um, you know, I think the the one thing that really, ju- you know, and I think Sam Horgerberg took advantage of getting that extended playing time. I think the one thing that I liked about the team is you can see that the depth is there, right? So the depth, I mean, is like, you know, in years pri- past, you felt like they were five, maybe four and a half, not even a true starting five, right? Now you can say like, okay, we got six, seven, eight guys that we know that can play. And, and I think that's a good thing to have because, it gives you flexibility. It gives you ability to play different lineups. It, it allows you to weather the storms of the dog days of a basketball season. Um, it allows you to practice differently. It allows you to give yourself different looks and giving different looks to the team. And I think that the big move and stretch that they want where everybody bought in on the defensive end will pay dividends. They know it works. They know they can still score off of it. So you're not just a let's play defense and we're only scoring 45 points a game. They can get up and down the court and I think they, uh, you know, they have more shooters, legitimate shooters. I think they understand the game of basketball more. Um, you know, the one guy I think that's going to really do something that's, you know, when you get all these new guys in the transfer portal, 
you kind of forget about some of the guys that actually, you know, started to really come around towards the end of the year. I know he's been on some uh, here, but I think C.J. Welcher is going to do something this year. I think the light came on and stayed on for the longer periods of time last year towards the end of the year. I think he understood that when he when he changed his body, you got a better C.J. Also felt like for him to continue to shoot those good shots and they just weren't going in, but then they started to fall. That showed a mentality that was needed, right? And, uh, you know, look, you could very easily just be, like, scared to shoot because they don't go in. Every shot that he was taking, not every shot, but a high percentage of shots that he was taking are shots that he can make and were well within the flow. Um, I think his, you know, pump fake power dribble baseline game came to life, and I think that allowed him to free flow some. I think he played better defense last year. So I'm expecting improvement. I think he's got an edge to him that's good. Um, I think the team is always better when CJ gets off early. And uh, I think Fred knows that. And then so I think the depth is there. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah, and it, it was interesting as well uh, with the women playing yesterday, getting to see that new group. Listen, the, the Allison Wiedner loss was the difference between this being a, a legitimate NCAA tournament team versus what it ended up being. You mean you lose, last year? Last year. Yeah. You lose her this year, so she's out. But you add Darian White, who from all reports, and then as you watch her flow yeah. and play yesterday, that she's a bit of a filler and that she yeah. will do whatever this team needs for her to do at that moment. Yeah, She can hit the jumper. She was two of three uh, from three, five of eight from the field. She also gave you seven rebounds from the guard position, which right, kind which of explains huge. it, right? Yeah. And then the the growth and regrowth. Um, Maddie Kroll intrigues me because she's another one that will do. She'll give defensive effort. She, if you need for her to take the jumper, she'll take the jumper. She'll defend the tough player. Right. Um, and then you, you've got to add, this is a year where the name Natalie Potts is the one that folks are going to talk about. Right. So – Amy Williams has some talent, uh, again, with the return of Markowski and Shelley. Kendall Coley, who, if you could take Kendall Coley and Josiah Alec and and bond them together into one Anderson Verjao Husker basketball player. (laughs) (laughs) But the same energy, they're both like just kind of out there, just running up and down the floor, providing energy and and resource. Look, it should be a decent year down at PBA. And it's fun to watch again early on. We'll get to follow it and track it um, a week from today as both teams come back out. There's a noon uh, tip next Monday for the women, and then the men play later that afternoon. So there's a lot in play, Jay Foreman. Yeah, I think, it, look, it's onward, upward. And, um, you know, sometimes injuries are part of it. I think, unlike last year, you know, Widener was really getting off last year and then she got hurt which was a uh, you know obviously unfortunate a little bit earlier this year it gives you a little bit more time to adjust yeah um i look for markowski to to have a like a su- really superior year you know i think teams really focused on her especially with widener coming out um you know or being out that they were kind of really tried to you know neutralize her but i think she's added some things to her game from what i've heard and the team's going to be good so. is, is, is jess shelley a pro is she in WNBA pro I don't see why not. 
I mean, I don't study enough. I don't. I don't. I can't. You know, I think she can ball. Yeah. So, and I think she can shoot. So I think she she she's and what she does, the speed that she's able to play with, the energy and the, and the, being a two way player. I think she definitely is. Yeah. It. It. This is the stuff that we're, and again, in an interesting year, the players. I know the the men's focus is Kase, but I think you're right in that CJ is a factor. Uh, the return of Jawan Gary, yeah. uh, Murkowski for the women. Uh, there's some depth. Yeah, and that's what you want. You're going to need that. And then, you know, the obviously the Big Ten and the men's side has always been one of the top, you know, conferences in the nation. That's just the way it's been all from, seems like, the, the start of time. <laughs> yeah. The, women, the yeah. women's game and the Big Ten, the depth, the players – has grown exponentially over the last three years. Yeah. Caitlin Clark gets all the highlights, but the young lady at Ohio State in Indiana is just, she's just as good. She just didn't play for Iowa and they didn't make that Final Four run, so forth and so on. Then you think about Maryland. Penn State's a tough out. You think about Nebraska, Michigan State, Michigan, Minnesota, if you get caught sleeping going up there, Minneapolis and playing. I think the 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 platform that's been springboarded by Iowa's success last year and Caitlin Clark is going to bring light to the Big Ten Conference and the depth of the Big Ten Conference, and so that means the expectations change and you have to change the way your roster is operated. And that's why you need depth, and that's why you need players to play roles. That's why you need people to get better. And do, do, are we holding doing. are we holding the Big Ten basketball to the right accountability and standard? Is it just Term, like Are it doesn't matter men or women like either like the, i mean the women look if you if you remove remove ira from from it on the women's side and then the rest of the big 10 conference right are you getting done ohio state steps up and on the women's side indiana you, was a letdown right in the tournament um and then you know michigan was down last year which they were a top the year before they were a top Five fourteen, right? Like Austin, like am I wrong? So, so Strick and I had this conversation, or we started to last week or a couple weeks ago. The Big Ten is good in basketball, but what's the argument? Oh, night in, night out, it's a grind. Anyone can beat it. Well, you know who else can do that? The Big Twelve. Guess what? The Big Twelve has banners. The ACC probably not as good as it has been, but the top of that conference is really good. The SEC is just like the Big Ten, but They're more gonna athletic. Take their Duke card away. You keep talking about the ACC like that. No, everyone, everyone knows it. You know, I'm, I think, I'm, I'm, the Big East is better than the Big Ten. Like the Big Ten is solid. There's a lot of solid teams, but depth, there's no yeah, one that I, I take seriously after about mid February. And but you know the thing is with the NCAA tournament that the difference between the teams and the conferences that you're talking about is the Big Ten hasn't been as portable as it needed to be. You know, so then it, it, everything's predicated on the style to make the fight, mm-hmm. right? Purdue. The best team in the nation, the best player of the year, big man. Listen, you get up and down the court. Next thing you know, midway through the second half, he's out of gas. You start hitting some threes. Good night, Irene. You out of there. They play against another team with like opponents or with like body types. Purdue takes them to the woodshed versus a Kansas, right? Because they can play. They Kansas can play any way you want, except for the way that uh, they were playing yesterday. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I'm just talking about over time, they're able to play however you want. They got guard play. They got defense. They got big men. That's they got why whatever. I asked it. Like, we watched them yesterday. I'm like, did they just run Kansas out of their own 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Illinois guards are better than Kansas's yeah. right. Like right now, guards right, right now guards they in are. college basketball are the currency. There yeah. are not enough good guards in the Big Ten. Which but here's the problem: it's not just that they're not good guards, and this isn't necessarily on the coaching. It's on where they come from, and it's no different than quarterback play. Nobody's teaching them how to play guard, except for right now Illinois, generally at Kansas, generally at Michigan State, and that's who you need to watch out but for. What does Nebraska? Have guards like eighty five, <laughs> like I but, so many guards. But that's as I'm watching Illinois, and I'm thinking Nebraska matches up really well against Illinois. But Illinois is giving Kansas Good. the business, and I went, "What if? What if, Jay?" Well, I mean, think about it. If the game's within five points, right? In the last, what, what's the equivalent in basketball of the four minute drill? Last what six minutes? Yeah. Okay, in the last six minutes, the game's within five, either up by five or down by five. What's it come down to? Hitting shots and free throws. Mm-hmm. Right? And great then, great and then, decision. Right, and then then you can crank up the pressure at the top of the key, which is going to lead to what? Run outs and layups. Which keeps the clock running. And that's where guard play comes and depth mm-hmm. comes from. You can eliminate a big man in the last six minutes by just essentially – Putting a putting a clamp on your guard play. I, I just it, it was it, as I was watching it because when it game when the game popped up, and I was like, "Is this a replay? Like, what are we doing?" So I clicked on it and I, oh, what is mm-hmm. what is happening here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's then cha- I, I mean, it's changed. I mean, I think it's, but you know, like I think- Duke's gonna be Duke's gonna be a guard led team, mm-hmm. and so I immediately looked around the Big Ten and I went guard. Oh. And Illinois has a good big man too. That Hawkins is, is good. It, but here's the thing: if you watched them two years ago, you saw the potential, and they had uh, the big dude Coffee Coburn. Coburn Coffee. Mm-hmm. He's different because he's see he's that team like right. You're talking about Illinois is built like an old Kansas team. Extremely good guard play, tough physical threes and fours, mm-hmm. a big man that can do everything. That's why you're able to take that game in the Big Ten, Big Twelve. SDC, wherever you want to play, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, okay, we could do that. Because you don't really have to change your lineup. Wow. Because you got a big man that can get up and down the court. Wow. So you can't you can't kill him in pick and roll. You mm-hmm. can't kill, kill him in a transition game. You can't kill him in a mid-range game because he can guard a, a four or five from 16, 18 feet. And if he's good enough defensive dis- discipline-wise, he's not going to get killed in the pick and roll or the pick and pop. Mm-hmm. That's where, where you see the difference of it. But then also... A lot of things have to deal with it where, you know, the guys coming in and out of the league, like where you think of Michigan that was down in two first-round picks. You lose the big left-hander that goes to Kansas. How does he fit into Kansas? As good as it is to have him as be uh, Hunter Dickinson to be a good pick-and-pop, stretch five, he can't guard me. Did 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 did, did you hear me laugh out loud at the idea of Michigan being without Hunter Dickinson? Like, I just I, – I kept watching, and I immediately start going up – again, the rosters. I, I kind of want to know, man. I'm kind of looking forward to this Big Ten basketball thing. Michigan needs to watch out. <laughs> I think they're in danger. Well, do you want to know why they're in real uh, trouble? Because he's not back yet. Yeah, and but they got a good assistant coach. Tom Izzo coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, with his guards, them, with them his guards, guards, Walker and Hogarth. And them forwards and that freshman he got, 
they getting off the bus with like bats and chains and I'm stuff. Just them dudes practice with anything. They practice it in full pads. I'm look like I'm looking. I I actually got excited about Big Ten basketball. It's going to look it different. Is. But it's still football season right now. Chill yeah. out, dog. Yeah, okay. I'm just, Chill out all that. Just getting in. All right, let me see what time it is. Awesome. Yeah. It's 46. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about my man, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Ah! We're going to talk, <laughs> talk about, let's, during the break, real quickly before we shut it down, let's try to replay what the conversation is when they pull that contract back, how that went. When did he call him? Did he call him during the family dinner? Hey, this is a merge. Did he call him on the bat phone? You know, you have a red phone. Remember, you said a red phone. Or, you call him on the red, or did you just say, hey, "I need to talk to you in the morning"? Man, they cut off. He was expecting his his new delivery set of khakis, and they they're well, like, "No, your your order see, is on hold." Isn't the, here's <laughs> right. Here's the problem. You know who's getting fired before I get fired? My agent, because I didn't sign. J. Foreman, DP Austin. We'll be right back. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.